Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, if you guys can turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Um, I'm going to read a little passage and then dive into some stuff. I've been, uh, I've been doing kind of a series. I didn't know if it was going to actually be a series, but it just kind of turns out that way sometimes. Um, we, we, we've been, we had been in Ephesians chapter 1 for quite some time, diving deep, but then we hit that word redemption and, and had to really unpack that. And let me tell you, unpacking the word redemption can't happen in one sermon. Amen? Because it's so profound. But, but one of the um, aspects of redemption is Jesus redeeming us back to our origins pre-fall, back to um, not only our identity created in God's image, but also back to the dominion that he's given us to take in this earth. Amen? And so I've been talking a lot about, about dominion, and I, I'm not done with that yet. Um, I felt like I needed to kind of hit it just a little deeper. Last week, we focused on Thanksgiving because we just wanted to, you know, be cool and relevant to the moment, right? But, but So that was a little break in the flow of the Dominion um, series. But I want to hit on it today. My sermon title, Dennis, you got this? It's called Dominion is Stewardship, all right? Because the, the series I've been talking about has been titled um, Dominion Starts within because we we believe or at least we should believe that God has actually been restoring dominion of his kingdom into the hands of his children on this earth how many of you guys know and believe that God has greater things in store for you in your life on this earth than probably what you're currently living in amen and it's exciting because it means that there's progressive growth towards greater things. And the Lord is restoring His authority to His church, to His children, to His family, to those of us who are part of His kingdom. And, and the, the, the keys of authority that were surrendered to Satan um, at the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, Satan, um, he got it legally because they yielded it, but he tricked them by deceiving them. And they forfeited everything that Jesus or that God gave them to, to take dominion and have authority in this world, all right? So Satan took it. I've been talking to you guys about all this. Satan took it from him. So he carried the keys of authority. He's, he's called the God of this world, lowercase g, you know, the little dude that wants to be the God. But we all know better, right? So Jesus is, is um, it actually says in the Bible that Jesus is seated on his throne in heaven waiting for the, for the earth to be made his footstool. And guess what? That's you and me and all of us who are the ones who are making that happen. Or at least I'll say it's God's plan for it to you and me to make that happen. All right? But right now I want to dive into this. Because um, we have to, we have to kind of walk this out. What does it look like to take dominion? God's got big plans for you. And I, I was just thinking this morning about um, something I hear Bill Johnson say regularly. That that he his vision and his goal in his ministry never was to try to build a big church. 
but to build big people. Amen? And, and I even heard him say, like, he's, he's, he's an apostle that, that's influencing a worldwide movement. And it's crazy, mega powerful. A lot of transformation on many levels of life and society through the influence of the ministry of Bethel. But I, I, I've heard Bill say, I would rather, I, he said, I, I would prefer to have a church of 100 people who are all in than to have a worldwide ministry of people who are just in a, you know, for an experience in the moment or whatever. Like if I, if I have 100 people who, who are putting themselves into this thing and really living it out, we can, we can do more damage on Satan's kingdom than a whole movement of people who are just doing it half. Isn't that crazy? I believe it. And so, you know, that's our heart. Like, we're, we're wanting to build big people. I believe that, you know, in time, the results increase numbers, but, but we want to be, be a people who, who are not trying to be a mile wide and an inch deep on what we're trying to do. Like, let me do all this stuff, but it's an inch deep. We don't want inch deep foundations, amen? We, we, want, we want foundations that can hold the weight of great things ahead of us. Takes time, takes work, all right? So I'm going to speak into that today. We're going to read out of Luke 1, 26 through 33, just to, you know, be cool, because this is a Christmas story, and just keeping it in season, because that's what us preachers are supposed to do in December, I think, all right? But the good thing is it's centered around Jesus Christ, so we do that all the time. All right, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. Everybody say, sent by God. To a, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among, many, or among women. Now there's a lot that could be preached on with that, but that's not what I'm focusing on today. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Hallelujah. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Doesn't that feel good? Say it again. Jesus. Oh, it's one more time. Jesus. Come on. It's powerful. I love it. He will be great. Everybody say he will be great. He will be great. <laughs> Lost my place. <laughs> All right. Everybody say it again. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Everybody say, the throne. The throne. And he will reign, everybody say, reign, reign, over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom, everybody say, kingdom. kingdom. There will be no end. Come on. Let's just repeat a few of these key words here. The first one is Jesus. I mean, come on. All right? Greatness. Greatness. The throne. 
reigning kingdom that lasts forever. Come on, that is our King of kings and our Lord of lords. Amen? And it says in Isaiah 9 that the, of the increase of his kingdom, it will never end. That means his kingdom will continue to expand, continue to perpetually grow and increase. Hallelujah. And that was always God's intention with, with his children, Adam and Eve, the, the father and mother of humanity that was created in his image, that the, he's, he's trying to redeem us, he's trying to restore us back into the original design, and that's also restoring us back to our purposes of taking dominion and bringing the kingdom of God on this earth and seeing it expand. Come on. And so here's Jesus, the angel sent by God, to tell this woman of the great things yet to come. He's casting vision of greatness in her midst. Come on. Jesus Christ. There's nobody who, who remotely comes close to matching him in his, in his greatness. Amen? And, and so, you know, we, we need to learn. When we think about dominion, there's nobody greater to take as our example than the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The kingdom is his. And kingdom means the king's dominion. King's domain. All right? So we think about the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and we can learn from that how we can take dominion. Amen? Jesus had the greatest, most powerful ministry this world has ever seen. He showed up on the scene. He started performing miracles. And, and throughout three years, there were so many miracles they couldn't have even been written in enough books to contain it. It's pretty wild. But it was all unto where he was headed. And, and he spent three years trying to help people capture kingdom mindsets that they didn't even understand yet. But he knew that they would when he sends Holy Spirit and they receive the rebirthing of the Spirit, then they can understand, not from human mind, but from the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so he's seeding them, he's teaching them, training them, equipping them in kingdom, lifestyle, kingdom, understanding. And, and why? Why would he do that? It's so that he could get the kingdom within them. Because you, you can't administrate the kingdom out there until you got the kingdom in here. Amen? The, the, king, the outward needs to be an overflow of the inward reality. All right, kingdom within, the kingdom is in your midst. The kingdom within, the kingdom is in your midst. <laughs> Everywhere we go, we get to bring kingdom with us. Amen? So we need to learn dominion. Jesus, uh, he did everything that he needed to do in the right stages of his life, the right seasons he needed. They all built on each other to get him to the point where he could endure the cross. And, and it was only by the joy that was set before him that he could endure the cross. All right? And it wasn't even until the other side of the cross and the resurrection that he entered into the fullness of what his domain really would be. Because he, he had to come into it as a man, not as God, in order to bring humanity into the fullness of everything God was restoring and redeeming. 
right? So he, through the cross, the burial and the resurrection, and then the ascension, the enthronement, he's crushing Satan and knocking his teeth out of his head. Come on, he's breaking chains off of anybody who will receive the fullness of the works that he's done on the cross. And, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The Son came to set the captives free. Come on. The only chain that a Christian would carry is one that they don't understand that they've already been set free from. I hope you guys just heard that. Jesus died on the cross and resurrected so magnificently that it was enough to provide redemption and salvation and transformation for every single person who ever existed and ever will exist on this earth, which is many, many billions of people. I've never seen any other ministry match what he's done. Amen? Jesus shook the world. He's the most famous person this planet has ever known. I think Time even said that. Time magazine one time. And then after that, they try to say, oh, I think it was Tom Cruise. Or No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was, it's Jesus about a million times more. But, but so Jesus is he, he's the model. He's the model of what we need to see how God works in a man in, in, in the spirit of God. Okay. And so we got to look at his life. you got to look at the person who accomplished the most for bringing kingdom advancement on this earth. Because we're going to be partnering with him anyway. That's the only way to do it. <clears throat> but I, I want to remind us that we're not, we're not really here to build a big church. We're here to build big people. And I, I just want to remind you guys, and I'm going to probably do it always, as much as I can, that God has greatness stored inside of you. And that I, I look ahead to where we're going, and I see, uh, I see a, a, a powerful, mighty people who are walking in health from the inside out, heart health, mind health, and body health from the inside out, changing the world, bringing deliverance, healing, wholeness, salvation, redemption, transformation to people. Come on. And, and seeing, seeing the society that, that your little life is in, being transformed by bringing the kingdom to those places. That together, collectively, we're a, we're a body. The, the, wherever we go, we're, we're one, but we go into our places and we're exporting out the kingdom, the open heavens, the blessings of heaven, the shalom, all the things that actually crush Satan. Taking it out everywhere we go. Come on. How many of you want to be on the front lines of that? Yes. Me too. And I believe that that's what God has for you. And me too. I believe it. And, and so our, our goal, our, our calling from the Lord is to do our best to raise up a healthy family of powerful revivalists who are advancing his kingdom. That's from our vision statement. 
We're, we're here to, to raise up a healthy family. That takes work, y'all. And it, it takes more than just showing up for a couple hours on Sunday mornings. It, it takes more than that, all right? But, but, but that, obviously, that's part of it. Don't stop doing that. Like, that's, that's our default. Like, that's the starting point. That <clears throat> takes more than that. So, but we, we wanna, we're building healthy family, and we want to we wanna grow up big people. <laughs> Talking about in the spirit, not in the flesh, all right? <laughs> the, we do serve donuts, and that helps, too. <clears throat> but we're, we're building big people because we want to do big things for God. Amen? And I, I just declare over you that, that you are the people who he is depending on to carry his kingdom into all the earth. <clears throat> like God doesn't look at you as just kind of a, you're one of the sheep, but there's the, there's the more important people doing the stuff. <laughs> no. No, he, he actually... He, he's, he's actually depending on you to be front lines kind of people. Okay? Like the ones who are going out there where the rubber hits the road and you're, and you're crashing the kingdom of, of light into the kingdom of darkness. Come on. Carriers of the kingdom. And, and so God's restoring dominion to his people. He's restoring dominion to you. To you. Dominion can only be activated by people who understand that they are supposed to have dominion. Okay? And, and people who choose to live the kind of lifestyle that can carry that dominion and not get crushed by the opposition that comes. Okay? And so that's part of us building big people it is, is taking the time to really get this stuff in us and, and going after the stuff, not, not only the exciting, the, the fireworks of heaven just crashing in and, and the glory revival party moments. Those are amazing bonus moments, I think. But, 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 there's, but a lot of what really changes the world is the daily disciplines, the daily inner workings, the daily walking this thing out when it feels good and when it doesn't feel so good too. Okay? We have to be faithful. And, it, and that's why I said that dominion is stewardship. Because the Lord has, has actually, He's actually expecting us to take what's in our life right now and not just let it happen to us, but determine we're going to happen to it. And there may be some things in my life that maybe they don't actually belong there for a, for a person who rules and reigns on this earth in this lifetime. Maybe I'm meddling with some things that are actually distractions and hindrances, not necessarily sin or bad, but maybe, maybe it's creating a, a, a good life, but not... A great life. Okay? 
The Lord wants to elevate our view of what He can do in us and through us and help us to have wisdom to discern are these things that's going on in my life right now things that's going to benefit me taking dominion in this world? Can I, will I be able to go to my maximum potential in God's vision for my life with these things in my life? Some of these things maybe don't belong there. Some of these things maybe they do, but I've given them too much priority and time. Maybe some of these things belong there, but I'm just kind of just, I'm just loosely living and just kind of letting it be and I, instead of actually taking the bull by the horns and taking ownership of things and bringing order where there's actually chaos. All right? You guys hear in my heart? So, so angel Gabriel is coming to Mary forecasting that she actually has the very person who's going to change this entire world. <laughs> the son of the most high God. Coming now. This is the moment. This is the moment when the long-awaited Messiah shows up to shift everything that's not right. To restore his kingdom. Let it be, Lord. Oh, but it's a baby. <laughs> it's a little baby. That's going to need 100% of your help. And it's going to take actually 30 years. 30 years of growing and, and disciplines and, and, and learning behaviors and learning ways to live. And, and uh, yeah, oh, you mean he's not going to come right from heaven as a fully mature king who's got an iron scepter in his hand? No, he's going to come as a baby pooping right in your lap. Screaming every once in a while at nighttime. Well, maybe not Jesus. He's perfect. No, I'm just kidding. I think he probably cried, especially when the little drummer boy came in his nap. <laughs> but Jesus, the, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who sits on the throne and makes the earth his footstool, came as a wee little baby. Come on. As a matter of fact, he came as a, as a little a, a fetus in there, a, a microscopic fetus that took nine months to grow and then came forth. In, in the heat of them having to go to Egypt to survive because they're about to get killed, having to do a journey in a hard world where he didn't have the ability to take care of himself when Satan was trying to kill him. Whoa. Pretty wild. He did the process. Jesus did the process. All right? He had to prove long-term faithfulness. Talking about Jesus. Had to prove long-term faithfulness. He had to grow up and master himself before he could ever change the world and become the Lord. You guys ever thought of this? You can't have the Easter story without the Christmas story. You can't have the, the, the king who rules from a throne without having a baby 
who's having to grow up and, and learn how to grow into an adult, even the awkward adolescent ages, okay? In order for Jesus to start his ministry, being known as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he first had to live his entire life as a spotless lamb. Think about that. He came to shoulder the weight of the entire world and, and all the fallenness of this world on one person. That's a lot of weight. That he was more than powerful enough to carry. But he spent 33 years of saying, no, I can't do that. Oh, it, it feels like it could be, it could feel good. But no, no, I can't. It says he was tempted in every way. Every way known to man, except without sin. How many of you know that temptation is actually alluring to something that actually seems like it could be good for you in the moment? It's not temptation if it doesn't actually have a sense of desire on it. So Jesus had to deny himself things that, that could have been appetites that maybe his flesh wanted to have. So every time, like, like some people, you know, can't go a week without sinning. Jesus went 33 years, but it wasn't like just an easy road. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm perfect and I'm the holy man and temptation has no, no influence on me. No. No, he felt it. And he was dying to himself every single time. And every time he said... That seems like a good idea, but no. I got, I got these people in 2021 who I need, to, I need to bring redemption to. I don't want this one moment to rob all of, all of the future of everything that I've come here to do. His sacrifice wasn't just on the cross. It was every single day of his life. 33 years. Come on. Pretty amazing, huh? So Jesus is the, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. His, his kingdom is ever increasing, right? But, but for him to be somebody who could steward an ever increasing kingdom, his life on earth, he had to, he had to choose a life of ever increasing himself. Luke 2.52 says, and this is, this is when Jesus was a boy, right? And it's, it's like a verse right between the story of him being a young, a young guy and him going into his ministry at age 30. This verse is right in there in between. It says, and Jesus increased. What? The, the, the son of Yahweh, God, had to increase? Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. And in favor with God and men, increased wisdom, stature. Wait a minute. The, the, the Son of God, the one who knows all things, the, the, the actually is one with the spirit of wisdom, had to increase in wisdom. He did. And so the, I said this a couple weeks ago, our inner world is what, what determines our outer world, right? 
And so when we, when we learn to take dominion on the inside, it helps us to have what, it, what we need to take dominion on the outside. And so there's the, there's the workings of the, of the inner man that actually are gonna, that are going to help grow us in the outer, the outer effects and, and accomplishments that we make in the kingdom are actually outside, outward manifestations of inward realities. That's why fruit on a tree happens. It's not because bada bing, I can make a fruit. It's because the, there's sap on the inside that's drawing its nutrients in, in the DNA of the, of the tree that the actually has the, the very nature of the tree, what's on the inside, manifests outwardly. It's fruit. Good fruit on the outside is proof that the inside's good. Amen. So he increased in wisdom, that's his inner world, and stature, his, his greatness, that's his outer world, all right? He grew in favor with God, that's his inner world reality, and with man, his outer world reality. I'd rather have favor with God and no favor with man than favor with man that didn't come from my favor with God. I'd rather what's happening around me and the, the, the stewardship that I'm carrying to have actually been something that the Lord allowed me to grow into because it actually has the character and the substance needed to sustain what, what, the, what the responsibility of it is. All right? Okay. Hebrews 5, 8 through 9 says, Though he was a son... Yet he learned obedience. Everybody say, learned obedience. Really? He had to learn something? God? He didn't already know it all? He learned. What does learning do? It caused you to grow to places that you weren't there before. He learned obedience. Obedience? Well, he's God. <laughs> Who does he have to obey? Well, he learned obedience. It says he learned obedience by the things he suffered. So his sufferings actually gave him, it actually caused him to learn. To learn obedience. The way that he responded to the hardships that came in his life and how he managed himself in them actually grew him to new places of maturity. It, it increased his capacity. And, it sa- and then it says, from there, and having been perfected, what? Having been per- perfected? Jesus had to be perfected? What? Well, he's demonstrating a life that we need to, that we need to follow. He, so he, he actually let him become a human even though he, ne- he never was not God, but he came fully human to show us what a life of, of perpetual development and growth and, and advancement looks like. And so he submitted himself to a process that he never needed to do, but he chose to do it. And so he came into obedience to God the Father and, and the way that he designed humanity to be. And he gave himself to obedience to see God's um, plans and mission through, no matter what hardship would come against him, he would never waver for anything. 
and working through the, the disciplines of, of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay knitted to God. I'm going to stay grounded in Christ no matter what. I'm not going to let anything that comes against me make me waver every time I endure those things. My roots are going deeper. I'm growing outward more from the inside out. Yeah, it, it, may, it may suck in the moment. It may not be fun in the moment, but, but just think, it's actually giving you more substance. That on the other side of it, you're bringing more substance into the world around you. Greater impact. It, it increases the, the momentum of what heaven can back when you step out. Dominion is stewardship. How do we steward? How do we, how do we manage ourselves? How do we manage the things that the Lord has put in our, in our care? How are, we, how are we choosing faithfulness and what it looks like? Can I endure when it's not the fun part of kingdom? <laughs> you guys doing okay? Thanks. <laughs> when, when we moved here, we know that we, we believe that God has called us here to plant this church. And we also believe that part of our, our promise from the Lord is that there's going to be regional impact, right? Regional impact. I still believe that. When we came, I had already been, I, I actually, previous to us moving here, I had done a lot of itinerant ministry, so I'd be traveling around, going and ministering in places, and I came here several times during that season, and so I was building relationships and connections in this region, and, we've had, and we had amazing moments of glory together. And I know that there, in my absence, there's been a lot of amazing regional moments of glory together. And it's awesome. And I, know, I believe that God has huge things for this region. So part of our promise from the Lord is, is local and regional impact. All right? I believe it. And so based on the, the history and my experiences of building relationships here, before we moved here, I came and, and several times we did things that we called regional convergence gatherings. And we'd gather people from different ministries that we have relationship with and, and just worship the Lord and see what God shows up and does. And we had some powerful moments. Did, did any of you guys ever go to any of those? Yeah. And it was great. And so when, when we moved here, like I, I thought that we kind of have this dual calling from the Lord that we're going to plant the church and we're going to do the region. And it's, kind of, it's going to kind of be like a 50-50, like I'm going to put energy in this, I'm going to put energy in this, and we're going to steward it well. And it's going to, it's, somehow it's going to work its way together. But, um, but let me tell you, 
I don't know if you'd understand this unless you've been on the front lines of a church plant before, which I think some of you have, even here. But um, when you do a church plant, if you want to do it a good way, or like the, the way that actually bears long-term lasting fruit, it's probably going to take everything that you got. And it wasn't long that Jessica and I realized <laughs> there's no way we're going to be able to put the energy and time into stewarding this well and stewarding the regional vision well. And so, like, like we're, we're just realizing that's going to actually, it's going to overdo us. We, we won't be able to do any of it good, actually, because we're trying to do too much. That, that's part of that mile wide and inch deep thing, right? And, and so the, the, it became apparent pretty quickly and early on that giving or doing a church plant is really giving birth to a baby, all right? It's giving birth to a baby. And when you give birth to a baby, if you're a parent, especially moms, you know what I'm talking about, that you don't have time or the energy or anything left to take on another massive project at the same time, right? Like, like that baby can't get half your attention. It takes, it takes everything you got, all right? And so we had to quickly realize that we're going to have to start changing our approach to this thing. And, I mean, it took some, it, it took some sacrifice on that. But God told us very clearly that, that we need to put the majority, if not all, of our focus into the church plant, at least for a season, all right? At least for a season or for a period of time. Focus on the amount that we're able to handle and do well, okay? Not more, because more can crush you. Could have crushed us. So like a newborn baby, right? Now, I, I do still seed our relationships in the region. I still connect with people, and it's not like we cut them off. Like, we're, we're still stewarding the relationship and, and keeping that because I just know that there's more ahead. But what the Lord... I, I feel like what the Lord has shown us is in order for us to reach the, the regional impact that I believe that there's potential on, it's, gonna, it's probably going to actually come later. It's probably not going to come through a dual ministry. It's, it's going to come from putting ourselves into this, into this baby. All right, now I'm going to call it a tree All right, because it's a church plant. Okay, church plant. So... Because, because there's been people who have had visions and prophetic words for us and, and us too. The, the, what God's doing in us is going to become a great tree with large branches that's going to impact the region and eventually beyond the region. I believe that. All right? I believe it. But, but the thing is, um, I believe that we're going to have a greater more, uh, a better substance version of regional impact as it comes from the overflow of what he's doing right here in us. That he's building something that's solid in us, that grows, and then it, and then it goes beyond just us, and it touches those around us. I think that we're going to, I think in the long run, even though, even though it's not as fun, you know, out there regionally, to go this way, 
I think that we're going to make a better impact, a lot more lasting impact when we do it from actually building big people, substance, and we do it together, and, and the, together there's an overflow out there in the region. <laughs> Come on. That's part of why we're called overflow. A church plant starts out, you got to see it like a tree. A tree starts out as a seed, and it's got to get in the ground, and you don't, you don't actually get to see the glory of that tree, okay? And then it grows roots, and the roots become the foundational system that, that's going to be able to hold that thing in place so that it has what it takes to endure storms and opposition later, all right? And so the, um, and the cool thing about roots is they actually, it, no matter how big the tree gets, the, the roots actually keep growing. So, so the roots got to keep going deeper. The foundations have to keep getting laid stronger. And then it grows and it emerges out of the ground and it becomes a sapling. All right? And a sapling's awesome because now, now we got proof. <laughs> now we got proof that there's life in the seed. But it still is a tender shoot that could get knocked over and destroyed easy, so it's still got still to be taken care of, right? But then it grows into an adolescent tree, and then it keeps growing into a mature tree, and the branches grow out. They have amazing leaves on them, and, and in the right time, they start bearing fruit, and the fruit starts feeding all those around. And it still keeps growing. It's amazing. If it's done right, like the growth is actually, there's not really a limit on it, okay? That's the approach we're trying to take with this church plant. And, I, and my sermon this morning is not about our church, but that's just to give you a visual of, of an approach on this that actually sets things up for long-lasting success, all right? You're welcome. So there, there's cost and reward, Part of the cost is delayed gratification because it means that, that you have to wait for some of the things that you, that you think are, are your promises. And some people don't have the patience and the endurance. And they're like, well, where's the revival? Well, if you, if you learn this, it's actually inside of you. <laughs> and the more that we grow in this thing, you'll start realizing that, that you actually are a revival and we share it with each other. But it takes growing, it takes nurturing, it takes doing the time, it takes doing the journey and the, building the history. So it's a, it's a slower process, all right? It's a lot of work. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. You guys don't even know about the blood, sweat, and tears that Jessica and I have on a fairly regular basis. You probably get little glimpses of it here and there. But, but you know, but um, we're, we're trying to avoid going a mile wide and an inch deep. So we can build something with substance, all right? Deep foundations. Anyway, that's just a picture for your life, all right? God's trying to build big people. He's wanting to take you to great places, but he's wanting to do the works on the inside of you. And it's, it's, it's not all his works. Like, it takes you actually engaging with faithfulness and endurance and self-control and the things that aren't quite as exhilarating as the, as the hope, joy, and, and the love, and the peace, and the shaka. <laughs> I want the shaka. 
But there's the blood, sweat, and tears too. Okay? <laughs> we, we, have to, we have to take the things that's in our life and, and find our way into taking victory over those things. Whatever those things are. How, like what, what is in my care? What's taking my time, my resources? Do, uh, how do I manage those things and get them in order so that instead of them draining me, I'm lording them? Taking dominion. Instead of being under things, climbing on top of them. And the process it takes between under and on top it might not happen in the snap of a finger, but the active, proact- the proactive moment, the, the little by little, I'm, I'm doing what I can to climb out. Guess what? Every latch higher is taking dominion until you get on top and you rule that thing. Okay? I, have, I always have my, my same problem of I know I've got more to say than time to say it. <clears throat> I, I was, I'm reading, a, a reading, listening to a book, um, and I actually don't even remember the name of it. It was recommended to me. It's awesome. But, um, yeah, it's so awesome I don't remember the name. The, it, it, told, it told about this story, this, re, this research project that, that these uh, scientists did or whatever these guys are. But it was called the Marshmallow Experiment. And they took 216 kids ages 4 to 6 and gathered them together. And, and they gave them all one marshmallow. And they said, they said, if you can refrain from eating this marshmallow... We'll end up giving you two to eat. And guess what? The study was on delayed gratification. All right? And, and they had these hidden cameras in there, and then the researcher, after they gave the instructions and the marshmallow, they walked out of the room. And as, as soon as that person's out of the room, some of them grabbed that thing and stuffed it in their mouth. <laughs> they couldn't resist. And, and then, but then there were some who found ways to cope with themselves to force themselves to not eat that thing. I want to do whatever it takes to get two. And, and so there were some that were closing their eyes so they wouldn't see it there. Some were singing songs so that they get their mind off of it. They're, they're, some were playing games just to, just to distract. You know the things that, that kids do on Christmas Eve night just to get through the morning? Some were trying to go to sleep. <laughs> but, they, but they did this study. They tracked those children over the years through their school. And by the time they graduated, this is wild. They, they tracked their academic records. And, and this is what they, what they found in that. The people, the, the scores directly correlated with how long they delayed gratification in that experiment at age four to six. And it says that, 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 that those who delayed gratification longer scored two, an average of 210 points higher on their SAT. <laughs> totally, like, directly relating it 
to that moment with the marshmallow. And then it, and then it says more than that, more than just their, their score, they also observed that those ones were more self-reliant, more socially competent, they took initiative more frequently, they handled stress more effectively, and then they continued studying them for four more decades. This is back in the 70s, I think. And it says that four decades after the marshmallow day, the ones who, who restrained themselves for longer, that they, they had higher incomes, stronger marriages, and were happier, had happier careers. Self-restraint. That's just a scientific experiment, but it directly demonstrates the power of taking dominion over yourself. Dave Ramsey is an amazing um, teacher and coach on, on finances. And he has this phrase, he says it all the time, and I love it because it applies to finances and it applies to every part of your life. He says, live today like nobody else so you can live tomorrow like nobody else. He's saying live today like nobody else, as in most people, I want instant gratification. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get what I want right now. So I'll spend money I don't actually make enough of to get my things, all right? But he's saying, he's, he's talking about taking dominion of your finances, take control of those things. And, and if, you, if you can get it, if you can steward it and you can, you can grow yourself in, in better ways than those things, you can take dominion over it so that in time as you're building your financial, um, your, your financial disciplines, you can eventually grow your finances to the place where you're able to do things that you never thought you could do right now. And so in the future, you'll be able to do things like nobody else because everybody else who, who did instant gratification are going to be in debt under, the, under Mount Everest. But, but, when, but he's trying to help people build real, true wealth so that they can do things later that doesn't have them under the, the lordship of debt, all right? The point is, harness yourself. Harness yourself. Take the reins of your life. The reins, right? Take the reins of your life. Because the more you can take the reins of your life, the more you're going to grow from the inside out to be able to reign out there. Yeah. Pretty crazy, right? One of my previous pastors in Tennessee, Pastor Dell, um, he, he often talked about uh, being devoted, or de no, he say being disciplined to devotion, devotion to Christ. I'm going to take discipline, I'm going to discipline myself to, to seek the Lord regularly. Even when I don't feel like it, seek the Lord every day in the Bible, in prayer, every single day, even if I don't feel like it. And he, he was just talking about how religion tries to get you devoted to discipline, to where you're let, it's all about, look what I'm doing. I'm striving. I win because I just strived. No, that's religion. 
We, we don't want to do it unto, look at what I did. Look how good I am at this. No. How about instead reverse that? I want to be disciplined to devotion that my disciplines are actually to help grow my devotion to Christ so that I can live with Him and unto Him and accomplish all He has for my life because I lived a disciplined life. Does that make sense? And so he, he, talked, he often talked about how when, when he goes to the gym, every morning, like he, he did leg lifts, and he's like, well, my body hates these leg lifts. I have to I remind myself that when I'm 70 years old, I'm training my body to be able to go to the Himalayan mountains and hike to villages to bring the kingdom of God to those people in my 70s. So his, his disciplines, I don't know what, he was probably in his 40s at the time. He, he's working his body in his 40s so that in his, in his 70s, he's still able to carry the kingdom to all parts of the world. The Great Commission. But we have to remember, like, like when, when we're, we, we have the option of, of being loose living and lazy and just letting, letting life happen to us, or, or we can climb above it, take dominion over ourselves. I have to take dominion over my body a lot. Take dominion over my mind and my thoughts a lot. Get it honed in on what God's doing and saying. Make it obey, not out of religion, but out of, I want substance in my life so I have more to give away up ahead. You guys hear me? Man. I, I mean, I have, I'm not going to go into it in detail. I, I wanted to. I'll ask the Lord if he's still on this next week or not. But, like, for me, I, I was just reflecting on all this stuff about just some personal areas that I know I need to take, take dominion in in my life to steward well. And so there's domestic area, parts of it, like at home. <laughs> like, did you know that if you want to change the world, like how your, in, your home life looks, it's actually pretty important unto the greater things too. And like, you know, for me taking dominion, when there's towers of dishes on the counter. And I know Lauren's seen those before in my, in my kitchen sometimes. Towers of dishes and, and mountains of clothes that are just growing. And for me, like dominion, I, I want dominion. When I look at that mountain of clothes that's got to get washed, I, I want to be thinking dominion looks like, honey, do we still have that Kohl's cash left? <laughs> and has it expired yet? Because I might need to replace clothes because that's scaring me. <laughs> or if Jessica is ever like, Jesse, it's time for you to, she, she doesn't use this word, this language, but she probably will after today. Um, Jesse, why haven't you taken dominion of the dishes yet? And I'm sitting there on my computer. I'm like, I am, honey. I'm Googling to see if Roomba has a, a robot dishwasher that I can get. I don't think that's the dominion that we're talking about, though. But there, there's just, like, like things can get chaos. I, th I think that how your personal life looks can reflect 
all parts of life sometimes, right? Not always, but we just need to know that, that where, where things are in disarray, sometimes it's just, it's just um, a, a situational and, and seasonal, but sometimes if you look at patterns and you start seeing things are di in disarray in all places, it's like, maybe that wasn't situational. Maybe that's, maybe, maybe that's my habits. And I know I got some of that. But, you know, some er other areas I want to take dominion in and am, and I'm growing in this, but is in my marriage. I don't mean taking dominion over Jessica. Love you, babe. Taking, taking dominion over me and how I treat her. Respecting my body and my mind, taking dominion over me, over me and making sure that this thing's healthy, all right? I'm not perfect on this stuff. As people can tell, my daughter just told me my, I'm getting fluffy. <laughs> taking dominion over finances and know that we actually, we actually can rule our own personal incomes and budgets and how we manage our our monies and things, and uh, taking dominion over, over ministry growth and all these things. There's so many things I'd love to unpack on all that stuff just to give you practical examples of things, but taking, taking dominion over my schedule and how I prioritize my time. I, I might... I might make the unpacking those things in my sermon next week. We'll see. <laughs> Taking dominion over my own belief systems when I start wavering. Okay? Taking dominion over my personal spiritual thriving. If I if I have weakness and sin patterns, taking dominion over my habits and my mindsets and my disciplines to conquer those things. There's so many things. I have so many things I can say. But the point is, with all of this, is how you're stewarding your inner world is going to determine what you're able to show up in in the future when God is about to bring an end-time revival harvest that he's hoping you'll be on the front lines of? Is your life going to have the order and the substance needed to be able to carry the weight of the, of the responsibilities that he's actually looking forward to putting on you? Are you, are you managing today so that you're going to be able to handle the greatness that God's coming when, he's, when, when heaven's going to come crashing on the earth like never before in history. Are you going to be one of the people who, who lived your life today to be ready to be a pillar to sustain what God's wanting to do in those days? I, I, the, one of the things that the Lord's challenging me with is that as he's putting sermon topics in my heart is viewing you guys as the people of greatness that I know that God's taken us towards, to, to be in the, the front lines people who are going to have significant impact on the harvest coming and working our way backwards 
what kind of a lifestyle, what kind of lifestyles and belief systems need to be built into people who are going to be those people up there. And that's my goal. You guys all right with that? All right. Why don't you guys stand up? If you're able. Do you guys, do you guys get that what, the, what this is unto is to exciting greater things ahead? Come on. All right. Let me pray for you. Lord, I, I bless everybody here right now and everybody listening online. I ask you to bless them in the name of Jesus. And I, I pray, Lord, um, can we bring that down just a touch? Sorry about that. I, I just bless everybody right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that you will... Um, Show them the greatness that's in them. Show them the greatness, Lord. I pray that you'll show them um, the, the incredible potential that they have for the great things that you're wanting to do on this earth. Lord, the, and that they're the determinants of their potential, how far they go in that. I just, I just declare over you guys right now... Um, Philippians 1.6 I'm confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Another translation says will perfect it which is the same word that, Je that says of Jesus. He was perfected by learning obedience through his sufferings. I, I just declare over you that the Lord is He's, he's showing you ways that you can harness your life. You can take the reins on your life and to rise up and take dominion. And the, the areas where you might have a tendency of, if somebody asks you how you're doing and you're thinking about such and such and, and your, your thought might be, well, I'm hanging in there. The dominion looks like climbing above whatever you're hanging from and getting on top of it. And I just declare over you that you have uh, the power of Christ. His grace is sufficient for you. You have the power of God. You, you are more than a conqueror through him who loves you to overcome all things. So, Lord, I pray that you'll uh, just reveal to us, like, what are the, what are the areas that that you want us to grab a hold of and, and bring into order. And I pray that you'll just give everybody a sense of strength, of might, of dominion, and knowing that this is sowing into greater things to come. In Jesus' name, bless everybody, Lord. Amen.